And welcome to uh, week three, episode three of Sunrise Sally with Tori and Torrentes. <laughs> week three, episode three. <laughs> Both of us, I think, are running on little sleep. Maybe not little sleep. I'm tired. How are you doing, Guillermo? I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, the season ticket buddy that I sit next to. Um, in the game, they're like, wait a minute, why are you, are you like, are you working? Are you doing homework? Are you taking notes of the game? I was like, shh, it's for the podcast. Uh, they're like, oh yeah, the podcast. By the way, it's a good podcast. We like listening to it. I was like, well, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Barry. But it's like, oh. Well, I wish that my season ticket uh, partners, people around me were listening to the podcast. They have, I'm not trying to guilt anybody into it, although I, you know, have definitely asked them if they're watching, but you know, huge shout out to those of you who are, and I will keep cajoling my neighbors into trying to listen to our podcast. And for everybody out there that uh, continue listening from episode one, thank you for your support. You know, uh, we do this for fun, but the fact that you guys continue coming back and listening means a lot to us. So thank you so much. And uh, let's uh, hope you enjoy episode three, which I know you are, <laughs> but uh, let's dive right in. It's a lot to talk about around the league. So before we get started, we would like to issue a, a statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I already posted this on our social media, but I do have a correction from episode two with thanks from one of our avid listeners, Dennis A. Uh, so on April 19th, uh, 2022, Pierre Lebrun published an article on the previously proposed three-point system that was originally proposed in 2004, rejected by the board in 2005, flirted again with in 2007, but the GM board ultimately rejected it and it is dead and buried. So we'd like to issue a formal apology to our listeners because I said the NHL did previously have the three-point system, which it never has. Uh, from LeBron's article, in a nutshell, the league has always liked the tightening of the standings and that the current point system creates as artificial as it may be at times. And some GMs, including Burke, worried some teams would be out of it by Christmas. The gap in the standings widened by three points. And I mean, that's possible, I guess. But shouldn't the better teams be more accurately reflected in the standings? Shouldn't the cream be allowed to rise to the top in a truer fashion, which, as an aside, is what I feel? Uh, but to this day, uh, former GM Burke has not changed his stance on this, quote, because it was a terrible idea, having been reminded what he said in 2007, politely reiterated to the Atlantic in 2022. So thanks again to Dennis for pointing that out. I'm sure many of you also uh, knew it as I said it, but um, appreciate you uh, still listening to us and uh, trusting our opinions on things. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. And, well, happening around the league, did you know it was the anniversary of the Miracle on Ice? It's the 44th year anniversary of the historic Olympic hockey game. Uh, for those that don't know, is when Team USA defeated the Soviet Union 4-3 at the Winter Olympics in Lake Placid, New York. I know a lot of people out there on the web were like, it's that time of the year where I get to watch, you know, Miracle. It's on Disney Plus. And everybody was promoting, promoting, promoting. Uh, I got a confession I've yet to seen that movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to. It's on my you watch You should list. see the face I am making at this man right now. <laughs> that is a wild thing to say. I was going to make a comment about it being the 44th anniversary because you and I are both a little younger than 44. Yeah. Uh, not, to, not to upset any of our more mature listeners, but... 
Yeah, no, I think Miracle is a fantastic movie and I don't think it matters whether you were, you know, an adult when it happened, well, what, if you were a child or if you weren't born yet, like Guillermo and I, um, anytime I watch Miracle or hear about the story and hear the call, I mean, it still makes me tear up to this day. So pretty, pretty spectacular. And uh, to give more of a background story for those like us that weren't around during the, the dominant win, Uh, the Soviet Union dominated the Olympic hockey games for years, winning five of the six previous winter games. As Herbie would say, you know, we play them 10 times, they'll beat us nine times. Hell, if we play them 100 times, they'll beat us 99 times, but we won the right game. And it was just a big, you know, do you believe in miracles? As I heard the entire week. Yeah, and of course, the article that uh, Guillermo is quoting from goes on to say, as most of our listeners should, that it wasn't actually even the gold medal game. This was the uh, semifinal match, and um, the final was played two days later against Finland with Team USA victorious with a final score of 4-2. to two. So we did come home with gold that year. I mean, it was pretty inevitable after the miracle on ice, um, but we're not taking anything away from Finland either. Clearly, they uh, were were meant to be in that gold medal game, too. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Team USA, for the 44th year anniversary. Uh, I'm skipping ahead a little bit yeah. in some of our stories, but I've been hearing a little bit circulating, especially with, like, Spit and Chicklets podcast. Um, what's his name? Ryan Whitney, former NHLer, uh, one of the hosts of Spit and Chicklets. He actually was doing kind of like a question response on his Twitter the other day watching the Oilers game. And one of the questions that somebody asked him was like, what do you think about, uh, do you really think Team USA will beat out Team Canada in uh, the next Winter Games? And he was like, absolutely, 100%. First of all, he went on to say, first of all, he's American. And second, um, our system right now is just crazy. Uh, so there's no reason to not believe that we we won't have another gold medal here in the next couple of years from from the boys in blue. Yeah. Well, are you also aware that finally the NHL is allowing our players to play in the Olympic Games again? So yeah. There's no longer restrictions where it was like the world juniors, only like the 18 under or the 20. Now it's our boys can go out there and uh, compete for that goal. I know. And have you seen some of the mock-ups? There's like five or six Panthers on uh, some of the international mock-ups. Like we have um, for Team USA, I think it's only Matthew Kachuk. But for even though, I don't know. I know, Aaron, I, look, this is me being a stand for sure, being, you know, uh, very not objective. But, you know, I think Aaron Ekblad, although he might be Canadian. I think he's Canadian. I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't want to make another correction next week. <laughs> um, he might be Canadian. And uh, and then for uh, Team Canada, I want to say they had Sam Reinhardt up there, which I thought was a little bit uh, eyebrow-raising, even though it looks like he's going to blow past 40 goals, even though he hasn't scored in the last few. And nobody's counting, don't worry. Um, and then for Team Finland, there was projected Sasha Barkov, um, Etu Loisterainen, and um, uh, Nico Mikola. So a lot of a lot of Panthers names coming up on those projected uh, projected teams. Yeah, it's going to be a very very dominant Olympic. Now sticking with the miracle theme, 
How about Patrick Kane with his 800 assist? How about Patrick Kane? You know, I, I hesitated to put this story in here, and there's a... There's a couple things about Patrick Kane. So the beginning of the week, he hit his 800 assists in the NHL. And then yesterday, which would have been Sunday, he made his return to the United Center in Chicago to play against the team that he played with for 16 years. He was drafted by them first overall, um, has a storied career with them, three Stanley Cups with them. Um, but there's there's definitely something to be said that his – uh, you know, name, reputation, and the team he played for is a little bit tarnished um, after the um, the allegations that were levied against the Chicago Blackhawks organization, including our previous head coach Joel Quenville. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't like beating a dead horse. And you know, we've, but we've been talking about mental health the last couple of um, episodes anyway. So. I, I mean, yeah, I definitely want to celebrate him, and I know that he wanted to be celebrated just like Chris Chelios wanted to be celebrated for his jersey retirement uh, Sunday. Uh, but I don't, I don't know that we can talk about Patrick Kane anymore without also acknowledging his part either by lies of omission or just um, ignorance uh, what went down with uh, Kyle Beach. Well, <clears throat> for our listeners, Kane became the third U.S.-born player in NHL history to reach the famous 800 career assist, joining Phil Housley and Mike Modano. Modano. <clears throat> yeah, pretty, um, pretty epic. And then, of course, one of the other stories uh, this week, <laughs> I wrote as a note here, kind of as a joke, but any NHL fan will, will know this, known as a notorious rat but also an all-around good guy on his team, according to the Bruins. Brad Marchand hits 1,000 points, and he was treated very well by his team, given the coveted uh, silver stick. If I'm not mistaken, in Vegas, they give players who hit 1,000 points a gold stick, because mm. why wouldn't Vegas give a gold stick? But um, they gave a silver stick. The team gave him a like specialized Rolex and these uh, matching team jackets. I mean, they really did it in a really classy way for him. And uh, props to Brad Marchand for, you know, um, I think growing up a lot. And um, his best friend, Patrice Bergeron, former captain, was also on hand uh, to celebrate with him. So um, all around, it was a great night for uh, for Marchand. Now, what do you think... I know this is a, is not hockey related, but like seeing like the past three weeks, we've been talking about like uh, accomplishment, retirement jerseys, a thousand points, uh, eight hundred assists, celebration. What would be your one thousand teacher career moment? Like, what would you want? Like, as the teachers, like, congratulations! This is your one thousand lecture. Well, you we probably have already hit like over three thousand, yeah, five thousand lectures, we, but we probably have done that. You know, I don't know. That's a that's a good question, <laughs> but I will say that I have had a couple. I think every school does it differently. Every district does it differently. I've had a couple of friends retire from school, and um, I think it varies. Uh, I haven't been totally impressed with what some schools do for their teachers who retire, especially like the kind of teacher who's like. You know, a Patrick Kane spends their entire career at one place 
or maybe we'll say Sidney Crosby because Patty did leave. Mm -hmm. Um, So Sidney will stay even in spite of the trade rumors surrounding him. There's no shot he's leaving Pittsburgh. If he does, I mean, I I will be just flabbergasted. But um, I don't know. Uh, Maybe they could do something like a Jersey retirement where it's like we have a classroom in our name or – we have uh, our own quote-unquote jersey retirement where um, we get something put up in a part of the school that, you know, oh, you know, Guillermo Torrente was here from X to Y and, you know, what, what not and so forth. But something that's interesting about the school district, fun fact, I teach at uh, a school that's only been open for 22 years, but we, we've only had two principals. And our first principal was there for 18 years. Wow. And uh, so when he retired, I actually was the senior class sponsor. And I said, you know, why don't we do something for him? Why don't we name the uh, front office building after him? And we actually took it to the, the district and everything. And the district said, we don't name buildings after people who are still alive. So he'll have to, you know, no longer be with us. We'll wait and hopefully somebody still remembers us to put our names into a building. There you go. I mean, honestly, I know this this might be a little cynical of me, but I think I'll have to donate some money to the district before I get anything named after me. Uh, No, don't worry. I'll... I'll, 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 I'll make a vow. If one of us is still around, we'll guarantee to have something named after one of us. A palm tree in honor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, all right. So a little bit on, on a more lighthearted, although that was a fun little uh, journey to go on. Um, I found this story that really picks up storm on the west uh, side of the NHL. Um, and being on the East, it's maybe sometimes hard to find these things, but this was a story that, that really did go nationwide and I'd say worldwide. Um, Sonny Sachdeva, who is a Twitter, or he looks like uh, a reporter correspondent. Uh, he tweeted years ago, Archdeep Baines and I spoke about what it would mean to one day rep his hometown team on the NHL stage to play for all those kids who look like him, who dream of getting there too. Tonight, he will make his Canucks debut. So last Monday, um, Archdeep Baines was, um, made his NHL debut for his hometown team, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Archdeep was quoted as saying that would be just the perfect story. Getting that chance to play for the Canucks would be huge for everyone in Surrey everyone who's South Asian, anyone who wants to play for their hometown team. If I ever get that opportunity, that'll be super special. I can't even imagine. Um, He was interviewed after his first game and said, I'm not completely satisfied if I'm being honest. He said, matter of factly, when asked to assess his play, I feel like I can do a little bit better, but at the same time, I'm pretty proud of the way that I've been playing. Yeah, even uh, Canucks head coach uh, was surprised with the way he played. He says, I'm a big fan. I like him a lot. I think there's another level. He's earned his spot right now. I don't know how long it's going to be. Maybe it's the rest of the year, but he's earned his spot on the team. I know guys enjoy playing with him. I've had a couple of players come up to me individually and said, hey, don't be afraid to throw him on the line. Yeah, and the article goes on to say that what a what an ultimate compliment for the kid, and that's I mean that's the first thing that I thought of because, you know, you want 
I mean, look, most veterans are going to be able to play with everybody, but they, they get in their grooves. They have their superstitions. They have the people that they play with. But, you know, it just goes to show how capable Baines is and, and that he's not a novelty. He genuinely, just like, you know, hopefully everybody else in the NHL deserves to be there. And, you know, yes, he is South Asian. And, yes, he's a local kid from Surrey. But um, he deserves every bit of every minute he gets uh, up in the NHL. So yeah. congrats to Arshdeep Baines. Yeah, and it's everybody's childhood dream, right? You grow up watching your local sports, even if it's not hockey, if it's football or basketball, whatever. It's always a dream as a kid to look at that TV and you admire your, your sports heroes on the wall. And you're like, one day I want to play for my hometown team. And then for Bain to actually accomplish something that I would say probably it's a, a low probability or a low percentage of kids that actually stay in the city, work up in the system, and then become a professional athlete for the team they, they grew up watching. You know, big ups, congrats to that. So, But shout out to, uh, and, and you all wouldn't know this, maybe some of the people listening who are personal friends of Guillermo, but... Uh, what Guillermo's not telling you is he is in the Panthers Learn to Skate program, and he does their, um, oh, I forget what it's called, but he is also in a beer league, and and he plays, and he's learning. So it, it Guillermo is, uh, he's definitely a hero of mine because it just goes to show, like, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter that you've never, uh, you know, laced up skates in your life. If you love it, why not try? Yeah, so. I can. I finally learned how to stop. So, <laughs> purposely learn how to stop. It's, oh, man. it's hard. I watched a video the other day on uh, on Twitter of this guy who was showing off how mm -hmm. he could stop, and it was like increasing difficulty. And like the easiest way to stop was um, throwing snow, so landing on the edges of your skates, okay. and it like got increasingly more difficult. And I just said. I don't even think I could do the first stop. No. So I got to give a special shout out to my buddy Raul, who's listening right now on his Peloton, probably. Uh, you know, he, he encouraged me every Saturday morning at 530 in the morning to be on the ice and just stop again, again, again. So sounds you know. like a bag skate. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm stopping. I'm, I'm playing. I did my first scrimmage the other day. And it was scary. But you know what? Sometimes you just got to be thrown in the deep end. And then I give major big ups to all those professional even the young kids that really make it look easy because once you're out there it's not easy at all so i mean and heck that's like doing this podcast you know we we uh didn't didn't do it for a year and here we are week three and it doesn't matter we're committed yeah. and we're gonna continue doing it so yep. just having fun talking amongst friends and another really fun story that came out of the league this week this one actually had me so tickled i watched the video so many times and i think we actually have a clip that we're going to be able to play for our listeners um jake debrusque got a goal and an assist during the bruins tilt versus edmonton which met his dad's qualifications from jake's childhood golden ticket gift so he didn't have to give his dad 30 push-ups uh louis Jake's dad is the Oilers color commentator, and every year the Bruins play the Oilers. They have some exchange, and it's like, I, I don't know. It's so wonderful to see this, like, positive interaction between, you know, a son and his dad. 
you know, I'm sure there are so many positive, you know, relationships across the all professional sports, but um, it's such a, NHL is such a small world. I'm sure all professional sports become smaller and smaller, um, but it's, it was just really nice to see this story. Uh, Jake more than delivered on his dad's challenge. He scored, like I said, he scored a goal in the second period and had an assist on Charlie McAvoy's overtime winner, giving the Bruins a 6-5 win over the Oilers. And uh, let's hear that, uh, that little clip. All right. Here's the clip that, that went on live on TV. Listen, you chirped me last time, but I'm going to go off the page a little bit here. When you were young, you and Jordan made us really nice gifts when you were youngsters. And one of them, you made oh, the golden tickets. And you know what? I looked over this whole coupon, and it doesn't have an expiry date. So I'm cashing it in tonight, kiddo. A goal assist or 30 push-ups right here. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that right now, but I'll keep that in mind. Oh, man, that is just too much. I Like I said at the top of the story, I could listen to this so many more times and still be tickled every single one. Yeah, I find it very, like we've been mentioning, it's it's we're seeing all this fun activities happening. The players are, are having fun. The Panthers' dad, road trip, the dads were having fun. The, the players were having fun that their dad was here. And here's another example of uh, father-son moments happening. And what makes it unique, yeah, they're professional athletes and the professional what to do, but this is a moment that is captured forever that both of them can come back and watch this moment and, and laugh and just cherish it forever. Yeah. Now, this next story from around the league is a little bit of a departure from a father-son kind of friendly competition. Uh, Matt Rempe was called up by the New York Rangers. He was also signed by the Rangers. If I'm, I might be wrong on this, but I think he was actually um, signed in the sixth round. Uh, but he is six foot seven, a fourth liner for the New York Rangers. And in five games, he's gotten into three fights. And he, you know, I have to say, I'm, I'm going to say he's got a fan in me. But I want to temper that by saying some of these huge tilts have just been heavy from the start. And, you know, when Matt is interviewed after these fights and you know, we can talk about his penalty minutes because he's got more penalty minutes to, <laughs> yes, than he does, he does have time on the ice. Um, to date, he has 32 penalty minutes, one game-winning goal, one assist, and only 20 and some change on the ice. But he just has this infectious energy, and he's just having so much fun with this opportunity. He was actually interviewed by Emily Kaplan um, after one of the uh, – I think it was during the Flyers game – and when he fought against DeLaurier, who actually pulled him aside during warm-ups and said, you want to go? And he was like, hell yeah. I think that was his direct quote. Um, so forgive the, the swear there. But um, he said, very eventful first week. I'm loving it. I want to bring that physicality, that edge to the team, bring speed, fly in there, bang bodies, go to the net. And I think I'm doing that. I'm just having so much fun. Um, what do you think, though, about and we're, we're going to start a new segment on like questions, opinions, um, and maybe some of those are going to be tied to stories around the league and others are just things that maybe we talk about or maybe our friends talk to us about. So what what are what's your opinion on on fights in the league, especially with what 
uh, Rempi has gone through in the last week? It's something that we haven't seen in quite a while. Not like to this extent. Like, yeah, we've had scrubbles, their fights, but not the way that Matt has been throwing it down. Like, I sometimes I feel like when I'm watching these replays and I'm watching the stories online, it's like I'm watching a boxing match right now. And it reminds me of the old glory hockey days where these players would just duke and they would just go at it until one of them is knocked out. And it's, to the fans, it's a breath of fresh air. And to some fans, I feel like it's like, well, this is not what we're here to see. This is taking the fun out of the game. You know, they're hurting themselves already to the extreme. They should just ban fighting. Well, I personally believe that sometimes, you know, we just need to have these type of fights where it's like, yeah, you know, Example, you come after my goalie, I'm going to come after you. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Like, you and Guillermo and I, in full transparency, were texting about this when we actually saw it happening on tw- uh, when the videos were posted on Twitter. And I was kind of in a, I don't know if I should say in a sick way, but I was kind of delighted by it yeah. because, like you said, it was just like hearkening back to the hockey of the 80s and the 90s where you had these enforcers and that's literally their job to get into these fights and then I kind of took a step back and said is this really something that I should be advocating for Um, and I think the reality is that the players want it and maybe they don't know what's good for them and so maybe there should be some quote-unquote adults in the room saying you know what take a step back I've seen a little bit more chatter since the end of the week when Rempy fought uh, I, I can't recall off the top of my head, uh, but he fought somebody, I want to say, when they were playing. Um, I, I don't want to say the wrong team. I think it was the Kings, but I might be wrong there. Anyway, in his last fight, he took some really tough punches. And, you know, the chatter on online was like, yeah, okay, great. He's taking all these punches, but also it's going to cut his uh, career really short. And, um, you know, that there's something to be said for that. Like, hockey isn't boxing, but... You know, maybe there's maybe there's a line like uh, maybe the fighting can be I mean, players, especially enforcers, were taught how to fight yeah. and how to protect themselves. So maybe we have to just temper our expectations and appreciate the fact that they're willing to put their bodies on the line for us and and just enjoy it. And if you can't enjoy it, then. I don't know. I mean, I also got to say the officiating crew does a good job at breaking it up right away, especially as soon as they hit the ice, the, 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 what is it, the, the side official and the main official will jump in and try to break it off. Or when they see them just going around in circles, try, you know, getting tired, they do a good job at breaking it up. But, I mean, fighting has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's, it's, it, it brings a rush to the game and it sets the tone right away. Okay, this is how we're going to play. But also, I mean... You're cutting the career of that of those players pretty short. I mean, we can get concussion. You're off for the two weeks protocol, or even worse. So. Yeah, but one one final note on Rempe. It does bear noting that the last fight he got into, actually, he was the one who requested it. So, yeah. um, it's not like somebody said, "Hey, hey, kid, let's go." He said, "Hey, old man, let's go." <laughs> so I'm I am just uh, um, and uh, you know he. he, he he lost that one. Yes, <laughs> he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, and, and the guy, and he had six inches on the guy. But um, anyway, uh, our next story is one that just was absolutely delightful for me to see. 
uh, incredibly enjoyable. And I know you found something uh, as a result of it. But Abby Murphy of the of Minnesota, uh, as in the Minnesota college team, not the PWHL team, hits the Ridley Grieg to ice her team's game versus Minnesota Duluth 3-2. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the final score actually ended up being 4-2. There was an empty net goal, but uh, Abby's was an empty net goal to go up 3-2. And then Duluth tried to come back, but uh, to no avail, the final score was 4-2. Abby is a junior who plays for the Gophers. She's a forward and has played for USA Hockey and is an Olympian. Uh, not for nothing, this is my commentary. Pretty sure with her resume, she's welcome to slap shot any empty netter until the end of her career, which is just beginning. I love it. Hey, right, when I saw that video and I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm seeing a trend, a new trend coming up now. And everybody's poking fun of us now. Everybody's like, oh, stay away. Uh, uh, not gonna, Greg is not going to like this when the players come on the open highs uh, and start slap no, shotting. No, no, Ridley was the Ridley, one who did yeah. the slap shot. I'm talking about... Oh. <laughs> you're good yeah you're i'm good, good. oh i'm gonna issue uh riley riley, riley. yeah there's my correction sorry guys for the false uh, <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's poking fun at riley online after this slap shot it's like oh you know it's like posting funny videos of people slap shotting on open nets it's like and there's one person that say I heard a rumor that if you slap shot an open net three times, he'll appear at, you know behind you <laughs> I love to give that. you a head cross. You know. Yeah, I I just genuinely appreciate that a slap shot on an empty net is now called the Ridley Greg. Mm. Uh, that it, it's just so full circle, and it honestly just gives me hope. I mean, I've always loved watching hockey, but it's like times like these that I say, man, there's still some fun in it, you know? So I I love that. Um, now moving into our kind of question slash opinion piece of the show, uh, this kind of ties to Rempe, but, uh, Guillermo, you asked me a question over the last week, which was, should fighting be allowed in college hockey? There was a huge tilt uh, between Arizona State and Alaska Fairbanks, and it kind of reignited the question of whether or not uh, college hockey should have fights. So what, what are your thoughts? Does it change from the NHL? I mean, every school is different. So I know there's probably like bylaws where the university says if you start a fight, you'll probably be lost of the scholarship or you'll be kicked off the team. But... I mean, it's the way I see it, it's a big brother, little brother league, right? Uh, big sister, little sister league. Look, we just got the example of, you know, Abby hitting that slap shot. It happened in the, in the NHL. Now we're seeing it in the college level. Same thing. We got f- huge brawls happening in the NHL. Now we're seeing it in the college league. And I don't care what people say. A, fight, a fight's going to happen regardless whether what league you're in, beer league, little league, minor league. Brawls are going to happen, and you got to defend yourself, and you got to toughen up and fight back. So should fighting be allowed in college hockey? It's going to happen regardless if it's a yes or no, but it's a yes for me. Let it happen. I, I agree. I do think it should be a yes, but for me it's more that if the player's goal, male or female, is to get to the highest level, then and, and for men, of course, that's the NHL, and for women that right now is the PWHL, and then for both, it would be playing for their respective countries for, yeah. for the Olympics. Um, I think that fighting has always been a part of the game. And while, yes, it's gotten much more technical um, 
and, and more refined, I think that fighting still gives hockey the edge that the players want. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but in some of these PWHL games, these women are throwing down, and I love it. They're throwing checks, you know, full body checks that were just not allowed in previous leagues that, you know, oh, you know, women can't do that. And the the refs are really letting the ladies fly. Yeah. And, and I love it. If the women want to do it, let them do it. And that's kind of how I feel. I think to a certain extent in the college level, they're over 18. Yes, their prefrontal cortexes aren't developed until like fully until they're 25. I say that the reason I know that is because I say this to my students <laughs> when, you know, they talk about smoking or vaping, which is terrible. Don't do it. But regardless, uh, you know, prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed until 25, but some of these kids have been taking hits since they're peewees, you know, like you could get a concussion from just accidentally falling the wrong way. So I understand the need for safety, but to your point, I, I also understand the need to defend oneself. And, you know, there's some aggression, there's some stuff, there's chirping that happens, there's hits that come, that come around, like, you know, especially uh, earlier in his career when Sidney Crosby was, was hit, he was less likely to, come, to go after a guy. So he needed an enforcer to come in and say, you know, don't touch Sid. Um, and people feel different, different types of ways about that. But that being said, that it is the case. I mean, let it happen. I'm all, I'm all in for it. So let them fight, as they say. Yeah. And I mean, if they want to do it, let them, let them go. So, Jersey debate. What's your stance on Jersey? Is it normal or eh, unhinged? <laughs> yeah, so like, I, I had some thoughts on this because jerseys are interesting. And you can talk to, and like every person feels differently about this. I saw a stance online that was like, if you're, oh, I think Ryan Whitney actually said this, and I might be wrong. But I'm pretty sure Ryan Whitney said, if you're over the age of eight, no, I don't think it was him, but I think it was somebody on Spit and Chicklets, said, if you're over the age of 18, you shouldn't wear a jersey ever. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that is so asinine. My, uh, my kind of, uh, this is kind of a little bit of a superstition, but one of my jersey uh, things that I do is I only wear jerseys in arena and the player I wear must be a current player. Like I will not, I have, I was talking to uh, Christina and Brian last week at the uh, Funky Buddha and I was telling them like, yeah, I have a Huberto jersey, I have a Uyghur jersey, uh, but I won't wear them. And I have a night jersey and I won't wear it because they're not there to kind of like defend the name on their back. Yeah. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I feel like, you know, if I'm wearing Barkov, that gives him good luck in the game. If I'm wearing Bennett, that gives him good luck in the game. Um, this year, my blank jersey has been the best luck. So I don't know <laughs> what that says, but. I only wore my blank one. I refuse to put a player's name on my, on my, uh, my jersey. Why? Uh, it's just one of those where it's like, every time it's, Every time I buy a player's name, they leave a team. Mm. If it's not, it doesn't have to be the Panthers, but the last jersey I bought was for the, the NBA. And I bought it, and then the player got traded away. And I was like, you know what? It's right. not just the money. I don't care about the waste of money. No, I'm not rich, but, you know, but it's like, because you want to support, and you're like, you know what? My player, and I want to go and rep, you know, not just my team, but, you know, 
our players, but and I've been talking to you about this. It's like I have my uh, reverse retro the from last year, the blue one. And for those that don't know, um, Adidas will no longer be our jersey uh, handler, so we'll, we'll be moving away. So from here on out, it's get it before they're gone. So it's like I'm debating, like, should I put something on the back of my uh, retro or should I just leave it blank since, you know, mm. something happens? I won't be able to, re, you know, rebuy a new one and, and be like, all right, whatever it is. What well, it is. we have Barkov and um, Kachuk yeah. for like the next eight seasons. So, so, <laughs> so I, they might be a safe bet. Yeah. So I thought to myself for the reverse retro, might as well put the captain on that one. Ooh, and then for the, for the home red one that I have that it's blank. I mean, Stephanie has the the Kachuk one, but I don't want to be twinsies, even mm. though she loves to be twinsies. But <laughs> <laughs> I might just save that one for something where I feel like, yeah, that's me right here. So yeah, so I think I said this on uh, so and on our social media on Sunrise Sully, but if uh, Forsling gets re-signed, I might have to pull the trigger and get a Forsling jersey because he is just I'm a fan. I'm a really big fan, and I think. Like, the guys like to see their names up in the stands, yeah. uh, so so why not? Yeah, there's other jersey... Uh, like, would you ever wear a jersey out in public not going to a game? No, no. I actually... Look, we went to the watch party in Funky Buddha, and I didn't wear any of my, yeah. my Panther. I just kept it a blue... So... With the superstition, I'm with you. I got to wear a certain hat with a certain <laughs> shorts, with certain shoes, and kind of like a Bill Belichick hoodie, where it's like the sleeves are cut off. And if we lose, then I change the complete outfit. I, it starts with the hat. Okay, so I guess it wasn't this hat. I'll wear a different hat. But I would not wear any jersey outside of the arena. Why? Well, we're in South Florida. It's already 125 <laughs> degrees outside. And wearing those things, it's adding another 100-degree layer to it. So, But I would not wear it. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I don't, I don't, ju- I don't actively judge people regardless of age if they wear a jersey. Like, like at school, every once in a while, I'll see somebody wear a jersey walking down the hall, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Um, but I don't actively judge them. It's just not something I am particularly want to do. But then I have a buddy who sits two rows up from me, and he's had season tickets since you know forever, and he never wears a jersey. And I don't think he has that many, but he definitely has enough that he could. Um, but he'll just, he'll honestly just wear like a school hoodie and basketball shorts to a game. <laughs> and I'm like, how are you not cold? Um, but yeah, I definitely, I've never not worn a jersey to the arena for a hockey game. Fun, fun fact. I so. think I've, I don't know, now you got me thinking. I don't know. I think I've. I know when it wore when it was the BB BB and T. I actually just wear a regular hoodie, and then now recently now as a season ticket, I have the whole I gotta wear a certain thing, and if I'm not wearing that certain thing, I'm letting my boys down and we're gonna lose. And if we lose, it's all my fault. Which we're gonna get to something I said, which almost cost us, in my opinion, a win. But yeah, I'm gonna say that. A thousand percent. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, once we start talking about the game in question, it will be brought up, Guillermo, <laughs> and you will have to atone for your sins. Um, all right, so 
Okay, so Jersey debate, basically, like, the way I feel is, like, however you feel comfortable, that's uncomfortable exactly. with. Do them. you. Do what makes exactly. you happy. Who cares what anybody has to say? If you want to wear it, go right ahead, wear it. Yeah. It's all cool. But I do want to, not correct you, but I want to kind of amend something that you said. Uh, you said, oh, the money's not that big of a deal. Not for nothing. I generally find myself buying the off, or, like, the... Um, the fanatics branded jerseys when i do buy jerseys because the jerseys are expensive the adidas jerseys with a name on the back uh the authentics are like 285 and then the fanatics are not that much cheaper i mean they're reasonable they're 170 to 190 depending on your size depending on whether you're a woman because women's cut is some for some reason a little bit less expensive Ironic because most women's clothing is more expensive than men's, but that's another story for another podcast. Um, and even as a season ticket holder, we get 25% off. Thanks, Panthers, but also you're welcome for all of our money. And um, it takes a little bit of the edge off, but damn, yeah, jerseys are not cheap. I want to get the, the St. Patty's green one, and I was like... It's 130 bucks, but that's still 130 dollars that I can go gas. And, and not for up. nothing, that's not with a name on the back. Yeah, no name, 130. Yeah, but you know we can use our discount to get names on the back. So instead of 70, it's like 50, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So well, it does definitely. Thank you, Panthers. Don't take that away. No, please, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> um, all right. So moving on to talk specifically about the Panthers. It's easy as a casual viewer or even a fan to look at what the Panthers are doing this season and say, hey, these guys are fun to watch, Mm -hmm. but they're doing much more than a casual glance would allow. Florida has gone 13 straight games without letting an opponent score more than two goals, shattering the previous franchise record of nine straight games. In that span, we've gone 11-2-0. The airtight defensive effort keeps the Panthers in games night in and night out. Though there are some nights head coach Paul Maurice and most players and fans would want back, wins are wins and we aren't sniffing at them, but I, for one, will continue taking games like Carolina this past week. A 1-0 loss, it felt like one of the best games we've had this entire season. Uh, Per David Dwork, one of our, um, actually he's the Panthers correspondent, he said, entering play Sunday, Florida gives up the second fewest goals per game in the league, allowing just 2.4 behind only Winnipeg at 2.35. They also allow the second fewest shots against per game in the league at 27.6, trailing only Carolina's 25.3. I mean, this team, I mean, we knew coming into this year, okay, it's going to be a good year. Yeah. Um, I think at last check on the athletic, we've edged out, uh, all of the other teams to have the best odds to win the president's trophy um, based on strength of schedule. <laughs> yes. I also say boo. I do not want the president's trophy. I will take the, 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 the first in the East, but I do not want the president's trophy. Give that to Vancouver or the Bruins or well, it couldn't be the Bruins cause they're in our side, but give it to Vancouver. Yeah. But no statistics guys since Christmas, December 25th, our record is 19-4-2. Now, mind you, we've been switching goalies. It's been Bobby, and it's been Stolar, and still, the max we've been allowing in has been two goals or maybe just one a game. 
and we've been losing tight close games where like i said it's just a, a margin of error one little error costs a loss but even those games has been very competitive and very very like tori said very fun to watch where i will jump out my seat and be like oh my god but you know what that was quite a quick goal right there <laughs> <laughs> so these cats are on a roll i will say that you know i don't know that i could say that the entire games have been interesting to watch or exciting to watch like you for some reason the first period and the last couple games have been kind of like meh even the second period where you 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 know the boys jump up a little bit more they're playing tighter in the crease they're or in the corners excuse me you're like okay okay but you know we're 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 playing into Paul Maurice's system and playing pretty well most nights and and that means that they're going to be low scoring lower yeah. scoring and that means that you're going to have this playoff type atmosphere where it does feel like the game matters more than anything else and you know, I love that the boys have bought into it, and uh, it's a game like Carolina where you really see that in motion. Cause that, I mean, that was a playoff game. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the last time they were there was at a playoff game, so it was just a continuing <laughs> atmosphere. Pretty sure the last time we played Carolina, uh, Matthew Kachuk <laughs> was celebrating on his knees oh. <laughs> <laughs> because he won, had just won the Eastern Conference. But you know, who's to say we don't remember that? Nah. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, Canes fans on Twitter were were basically calling us frauds as as a franchise and as a fan base because they beat us. But you know, all things being equal, we probably would have done the same if the shoe was on the other foot. Uh, but I like to think, you know, regular season's just regular season yeah. until until you actually hold that cup, and we never have. But guess who That's has true. the Canes? Yeah. So a lot of teams have. We're one of the teams who hasn't, and. Uh, just want the boys to keep the eye, their eye on the prize and, and hope we get to host Lord Stanley in June. Soon. It's going to happen. Mark my word, it's happening. Uh, well, since we're talking about moving forward into the playoffs, let's talk a little bit about trade rumors. There's a few rumors floating around. Uh, Elliot Friedman, hockey insider and reporter for Canadian Broadcast Sportsnet, um, talked about Florida with uh, Hannafin. Or rather, he talked about Florida, Boston, and Noah Hannafin of the Flames and his potential move and said, Lindell has been thrown into some things this year. I don't know if Florida wants to do that, but if they did, they could. And Boston has players they could move to. They don't have picks, but they have players. What are your thoughts? I feel the, the trade, it's going to be interesting because we gave up a lot of big numbers and positions in the, in the draft. To get the players we have this year. Yeah, we don't have a first until 2026. Yeah, so, and then the money, we don't have the money technically to bring in somebody that can equalize. So I feel that it's honestly too steep. And if I, I like honestly feel that if anything is going to happen, it's going to wait until the postseason to see what, where we need changes, what didn't work out. But I feel as of now, I don't think we're going to, we're going to play this, this trade. I don't know. I don't know that I fully agree with that. I don't think Lindell's going anywhere. Personally, I think that Anton has been hearing all this chatter and finally he's like, I really have to, I have to step up and I have to do something. Now that happened when Barkov was off the ice and he was able to produce up on, up on that line, but now he's producing down on the third as well. Um, and my, my kind of line here was, it feels like Anton's hearing all the trade chatter and saying, bet, 
like bet against me, go mm-hmm. ahead, see what happens. Um, I, I don't agree with you. I do agree that we don't have a lot of money and we don't have picks, but I think that Bill Zito, our GM has shown time and time again, the last three, four years that, um, he has the man, he is like a shark. He shows oh. no fear and he makes decisions. And you know what? Some of them don't work out like Ben Sherratt, um, even to a certain extent, um, Oh, what's his name? Claude Giroux didn't really work out for us. Um, but, you know, we gave it the old college try, as they say, uh, in the playoffs. And, and, you know, they weren't with us after July. So really after June. Um, but I think, I think we're going to try to do as much as we can. There's, there's actually some interesting information that has, uh, that's come out. Let me see if I can find the quote. Uh, he's, it was from George Richards. Now it's in reference to Duclair, uh, but George Richards, longtime face in the reporters' room for the Panthers, posted a story just today, on Monday, the twenty-sixth. The NHL trade deadline should Panthers pursue Anthony Duclair? As an aside, all Panthers fans should definitely subscribe to Florida Hockey Now. It's also known as FHN. It's it's not expensive, and I, that we're not we are not promoted by them. I've just been a subscriber of FHN for two years has the best articles. They come out with a lot of information and it's the most up-to-date information and rumors on our team. Uh, as Richard says in his article, Florida will be buyers, not sellers at the trade deadline. But like Bill Zito said, we want to wear our money, but can only afford to shop at Marshall's with our first round picks gone until 2026. We need to pick up someone who's inexpensive, but a proven offensive powerhouse. Richards thinks that could very well be Duclair. As Richards explains, Duclair would be an easy slot in thanks to already having been part of our system and friends with many on the team. Time's ticking down, so we'll see here in the next few weeks what happens. The trade, de- uh, trade deadline is March 8th. So. I mean, Duclair will be awesome. I mean, like I said, he already broke grounds in Boyd Anderson for the synthetic ice arena. He still has ties with the South Florida community. He loves the South Florida community, and it's, it makes sense. It makes sense to bring him back, but there's something in me that says it's not going to happen yet. Okay. I mean, well, we'll just have to see. I do think that Zito is going to try to pick up at least one defensive yeah. player and maybe a third liner on offense. We'll see. Um, but I think he's going to try to do it. He doesn't want to, like, he has come out and said that he does not want to mess with a good thing. Yeah, and speaking about Duclair, um, we were watching the video that they posted online uh, of him breaking grounds at Boyd Anderson, and he, he's giving thanks to the South Florida community and how much he loves it. And then Stephanie points out, is like, why is he wearing a Panthers jersey in his billboard that he's standing in front of? And I was like, huh? And I look up, and it's him and his Panther jersey in his uniform, like in an action shot. And I was like, are they like, um, like, are they subliminally telling like he's coming back and he's because I was like, yeah, you're right. It's kind of odd. He's not like in well, uh, San he, Jose. <laughs> well, he never he didn't leave with I, I, I don't know for sure, but I would say that they probably did the mock ups of the artwork prior to him getting traded, even though that was like nine months ago. <laughs> you know, things happen. And also. He was a player here for a few seasons and 
so I think they they probably allowed him to keep his image and likeness with the Panthers gear because of his ties. I mean, I I liked Anthony Duclair. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, heartbroken to see him leave because I have uh, other players that I like their game more than his, especially because I don't know that he had the best opportunity to come back after the Achilles injury. Um, and he was weighing down our cap. So, I mean, but he has said in interviews, there's no love lost. He has a fantastic relationship with Bill Zito. Um, so I think if it could happen, it definitely can. I, I don't know if it will, but, um, yeah, we'll see. I'm with you. I see, I can see it happen, but it's something deep tied inside of me. It's like, if it happened, it's not going to be into like postseason, like off season. Hmm. That's it. Well, a couple more weeks and we'll see, but yeah. uh, maybe next week we'll have some more information regarding potential trades, which here's another one. Are we petty fans or is it just water or is it water under the bridge? If Riley Smith, who was traded from us to go to Vegas and now Riley's with the Pittsburgh Penguins, would he be welcomed back by the fans or would he be booed? He infamously called out our barn two times for not having fans in the seats. Um, and he became the first player since 2017, Patrick Hornquist for the Penguins against Nashville Predators in the 2017 final to score a cup clinching goal against his former team. And he was the first to receive the cup from Vegas's captain, Mark Stone, this past June. No, he's getting a boo from me. Like, I'm going to be petty. I'm going to be like, boo! <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's that competitive in me. Is like, I was like, dog, why? Like, it's one thing to be, to say things, but it's another thing to kind of insult us, the fans and the community. Like, all right, we get it. You, you, you're saying things, but at the same time, it's like these are the fans that are technically are paying you to be here. I don't know that, like, I don't ever view my fandom as like I'm undersigning their paycheck, but I do, and I don't know that I have enough vitriol to boo him, but I would say, like, I wouldn't blame any fan who would. Mm -hmm. I would, I, I feel like. It's just in poor taste, you know, like Jonathan Huberto, for everything that happened to him when he left our team, has never spoken ill, at least that I've seen. Somebody, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but has never spoken ill of the fans um, and, and his teammates. And I just feel like it goes back to if you don't want to be here, we don't want you here. Mm -hmm. Like we are not we're not desperate. We don't need a Riley Smith. Um, and so that's kind of where I fall on that. I I'd like to say that we're not petty, but certainly many of our fans are yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yourself included clearly. Oh, of course. Um, I don't care. But yeah. So we'll, we'll just have to see. Yeah. Well, speaking of what's to see, let's recap game one Tuesday. February 20th against the Senators. Battle of the Brothers. The Battle of the Kachuk Brothers. And well, it's also the return of Ekblad. Yeah, we got Ekblad back. And uh, not for nothing, he's been playing very well since he's come back. Um, really just our defense is crazy this year. Mm -hmm. At first, they I think it was a little hard for them to find their pace. It was 
hard for them to find their game a little bit, getting back into Paul Maurice's system. Um, but their numbers are just so good. So good. Um, full barn in Sunrise. We were there for the game. You see that, Riley? You Smith? weren't there for the game, actually. No, you I was supposed it. to, but yeah. I missed it. We'll oh, get man. to that. Yeah, we're we'll going to get to that. <laughs> Don't you worry, people, because Guillermo over here was texting me while I'm at the game because he was supposed to go, but Stephanie was feeling a little under the weather still. And um, I, I feel like we should just get to it. All right, go. Anyway, so Ekblad scores 19 seconds in. My first thought is, all right, Hopefully this doesn't turn into a Tampa. Hopefully we're not the Tampa tonight. That was yeah. literally my first thought. And then I said, no, 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 like we're going to be okay. So we're up 1-0 going into the second period. Monty scores the second goal of the game unassisted. Um, actually, we might have been 1-1 by the end of the first. So we're 2-1. Bobby getting physical? Actually, it was still... Uh, it was 2-0. It was still... Yeah. Yeah, they, you're right. It was 2-0. Yeah. And then they came back. Is Bobby getting physical? Brady, Kachuk, and Bob getting into an altercation at 1701. Um, that was pretty funny. That actually. shocked me. I was like, yeah. out of all the people. Yeah. He's like the <laughs> calmest Russian I've ever seen. It's smiling too all the time. Yeah. Like, oh. And for him to, to go after uh, Brady was pretty great. And um, yeah. So Bob goes, Bobby goes after Brady. The Suns come back. We're 2 2. And uh, Colby Guy, who is another beat writer for the Panthers, uh, Florida Panthers shake up the lines in the third period. Uh, so the top line is for Hagee Barkov Rhino. Second line becomes Lusterinen, Bennett and Kachuk instead of Cousins up on the second. Third line go becomes Rodriguez, Lundell, and Lomberg. Lomberg go moves up from the fourth to the third. And the fourth line becomes Gajevich, Stemlin, and Cousins. Uh, and then this is where we have to talk about superstitions. <laughs> and I never say that I'm superstitious. I tell my friends and family that I'm stitious. I'm just, I'm just a little stitious. So like Guillermo was saying, he wears the same outfit. I tend to wear, you know, the same jersey that continues to win. But the biggest thing that I never do is I never say what Guillermo did. And Guillermo, what did you say? Uh, please refresh my memory because I don't want to say it again out of the courtesy of recapping it uh, again. Oh, now I'm going to have to go back through our texts because uh, I said oh, we're bringing I, I, I this said, up. I believe it's like, oh, nothing is happening <laughs> in this game. <laughs> Yeah, we might have been we might have been up to one, and that's when they scored. Hold they on. They scored after I said, literally said, "Oh, it's okay. We got this in the bag. Nothing is happening in this game." And bam. Yeah. Let me. Oh, he, he said. Oh, it's not like we're missing much. Okay, so he said we didn't end up going to tonight's game. I said, "Why not?" Stephanie's still under the weather, but it's not like we're missing much. I said, <laughs> shut your mouth. <sighs> and then literally he says, I opened my mouth and Ottawa scores. I said, and forgive my language. I said, God damn it, Guillermo. I'm so mad at you. And then I said, lucky we won, buddy. Um, this is one of my superstitions. And this extends to all, all athletics. 
Like if I'm at a high school soccer game and we're ahead and somebody texts me and says, hey, can you give me the score update? I cannot text them until the end of the game. Because if I say, oh yeah, we're ahead by one or we're ahead by three or we're down by one, it will completely mess with the mojo. And that is exactly what Guillermo did when he texted, not much is happening anyway. So I had to bring up my, my superstitions and, uh, and, and I have told Guillermo to never do that again. No, I learned my lesson. <laughs> and I was, I, after that text, I made sure to not bother. <laughs> and so after the game was over, I was like, well, great win, Tori. <laughs> okay, but also not for nothing. If you've been in our arena, I don't know why, but my, um, my internet is terrible in my seats. But like when I'm out on the concourse, I can, I get all the texts, I get all the notifications. But like literally down on the ice, it's like, I, it, it's a black hole. So I was surprised that I even received your text. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's the hockey gods trying to for, <laughs> grant me forgiveness. Like, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> So whatever, we're midway through the third period. And, and I know that those of you who have watched are like, okay, get to the good part. So Chikrin, Jacob Chikrin, clotheslines Erod, no call. Mm. Another unreal neck neck hook up the ice no call the third is unhinged with five minutes left we're going to extra minutes and wouldn't you know it we get a beautiful overtime win Lindell continues his hot streak assist by Kachuk which I mean chef's kiss because he's playing Mm -hmm. against his brother let the rats fly our final score is 3-2 my comment at the end of the game was no contest Lindell is definitely on a heater he is. Uh, there's no... I know the last previous episodes, I was like, well, it can be any Panther player. If it's not him, it's this. No. Uh, and a lot of fans have... Well, I've spoken to a lot of fans, and some of my buddies is like, uh, I guess Lindell took all the heater from... Uh, uh, what is that? Rhino. Rhino, Rhino, because Rhino's still stuck at 39. Meanwhile, he's just racking it up like it's a carnival game. But I think this goes back to the what we said about... Um, uh, Kachuk as well, because mm-hmm. for a while there, Kachuk wasn't really producing at all. He was, his underlying metrics have been excellent the whole season, so you can't take that away from yeah. him. But he just wasn't producing on a pace that we were used to from the past two seasons, both with the Panthers last season and the previous season. He had a hundred plus point season with Calgary. Um, but I think one of the greatest things about our team is how unselfish they are. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Rhino would have been excited to get his 40th goal four games ago, or if he doesn't get his 40th goal until the end of the season. Like, obviously, you don't want to go totally cold, um, but it's my understanding he's never had a 40 goal game or mm-hmm. a 40 goal season, excuse me. So, I mean, anytime he gets that, the boys are going to cheer for him and. You know, I think it's going to be that much sweeter. It'll be like uh, Caitlin Clark, you know, um, getting that all-time record. He's going to hit the 40th goal and just, it'll be insane. So, And then we didn't win an all-battle. Lomberg got a fine <laughs> in his game. So he has to pocket 2,083 with some change, 33 cents. And you know what? To them, that's pocket change. Yeah, and probably well worth the fine, but it does feel a little bit ridiculous that none of the Senators got fined for what they did to our players. But, you know, 
it's fine. It is what it is. Now, as we move forward, so that game was on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Then on Thursday, we played at the Hurricanes uh, on, on Thursday. And the last time, as I mentioned earlier, the Cats played a regular. Actually, it was a postseason game at Carolina. Kachuk scores the OT win in the Eastern Conference Finals, tying an NHL record with his third OT goal. Um, and this was in the fourth overtime, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. uh, to, to get us back to sunrise for game three. Um, we also have a shout out this game to assistant equip- equipment manager Thomas Anderson on working his thousandth game. I I wanted I specifically wanted to mention this not just because the team thanked him, but also because, you know, while I think the team and the organization really appreciates what the behind the scenes guys do, I think oftentimes as fans we forget like who helps the guys more yeah. than anybody. And these equipment managers put in so much time, effort, and energy, and they don't get a lot in return. Like, they really have to love what they do in order to, you know, yeah. do the job. And, and Thomas Anderson has done it for a 1,000 games. So congrats to Thomas Anderson, and we hope he gets a 1,000 more. I hope so. I love equipment managers because they really know the ins and outs of everything. They can tell you right off the bat this this player needs, uh, uh, you know, the flex bend on their sticks or the, the skate size or the amount of extra shoelaces they probably carry with them, uh, extra sweaters for the players, the this, the that, the water, who's sick, what they need to be on the bench. I mean, kudos to them for being on top of keeping everybody on the bench on the bench. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Game starts with a strong offense. We're scoreless after one. We're carrying over our power play into the second. We need to stop giving up two on ones, but we did have some great chances. Uh, Forsling and Kachuk are both not on the bench going into the second. So, again, a little cause for concern. All the fans were a little bit ruffled feathers. They're are arguably our best defenseman and a top three, you know, forward. So a little, a little worrisome, but we were playing really well. Uh, Bob had some crazy saves. Uh, Nekas had, that's not how you say it. It's Natchez had him dead to rights. And uh, Bob still got a piece of it. Had this beautiful butterfly save. We were double donuts leading into the third. Lusty to Erod, but somehow it's kept out and cleared. I mean, some of these give and goes, I was just... It felt like a playoff game. Uh, yeah. I mean, we said that earlier, but and not to belabor the point, but it's true. And, um, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. Miko to... Uh, Nico, excuse me, to Etu, who hits a one-handed off of uh, um, Mikola's saucer pass, but the play's offside and the goal comes off the board. And oh, it was so pretty, but it, it was, was so clearly offside. It's like what you say that it's uh, unselfishness of the of the extra pass. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, what an unreal end to the game. You know, after a flurry of shots, forty four on our behalf to the Canes twenty eight. Sebastian Ajo scores with eighteen point nine seconds left in regulation, and of course. They're playing in Carolina. The roof blows off the place. I mean, <laughs> I was so remember how I said I was stitious and I would I would never respond to a text if yeah. if somebody said, you know, oh well, you know, whatever, it's not an important game, or here we are scoring again. The opposite is true. Usually when we're down, 
So in this case, I tried to do some reverse psychology and I texted a couple friends and I was like, oh, we're never going to win this game. <laughs> but I genuinely meant it because with 18.9 seconds left, it would have been hey, particularly difficult. We to score do. with seven seconds left in the past. So I, I never count these cats. It's, out. it's not about count like for and like you can say I'm making yeah, an excuse. Yeah. But for me, it wasn't that I was counting them out. It's if you saw that game. There's no way that the Canes were going to break down in that last 18.9 seconds to offer us the opportunity to come back and tie it. Um, I was a little bit bummed because I would have liked to have gone to overtime to get at least one point. Um, but, you know, all things being equal, it was a, a spectacular game, and I, I was really impressed with our gameplay, and it felt just like such a crazy game. It was, but like Paul Maurice will say in the past, sometimes you, everything will go right for you, and sometimes it just doesn't. And it's just one of these games where we had the offense, we, we had the majority of the shots, the face-offs, the you know, penalty minutes were even. It just wasn't our night. We played a hell of a hockey match, but it just it wasn't, wasn't meant to be tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes you just got to brush it off and then focus on the next game. Saturday night, back at home against the Capitals. And Guillermo was finally in person again. finally in person. I think that's why we won. (laughs) (laughs) With your lucky outfit. Oh, yeah. Uh, So Saturday was Black History Night at Amaranth Bank Arena, which was really cool. I still think it's absolutely ridiculous that the league will not let the boys wear specialty warm-up jerseys. Um... It's, it's really frustrating on, um, on many levels, but, you know, the fact that it's only like three players that aren't willing to wear the jerseys and, you know, Gary Bettman wants to quote unquote protect the players, like, come on, if they don't want to wear the, the jersey, then they don't have to wear the damn jersey, but the boys who do want to wear them should be able to, um, and I really don't understand why it's become this, you know, thing. I'm putting mm-hmm. that in quotes and capital letters and italicized because it's just ugh. anyway we had these beautiful warm-up jerseys that um ended up going up uh, for sale behind the boards and um just just great forsling and kachuk were on the ice for morning skate forsling did play and had a spectacular game while kachuk will sit out in hopes to play on tuesday's game I did see word today that he should be slotted in back on Tuesday along with Kevin Stenland, who is also out on Saturday. Um, still no word on what injury or tweak he had, but I mean, I saw the videos. He was clutching his chest. Um, just hope he had the wind knocked out of him, but might have been a cracked upper rib. I just hope that it wasn't uh, further injuring his sternum from last year. Yeah, well... We had a, f- a slow start, 5-3 shots in favor of the Capitals. The defense was on clinics. We had a lot of blocked shots, but also no pressure. Um, the people around me, especially the season ticket holders around me, were saying, it's a good thing Capitals don't know how to pass. <laughs> That's the word that was going, if the Capitals knew how to pass, then it would have been a different game. But like I said, sometimes you're in it, sometimes it's not. It was, uh, we ended the first first period with 0-0 nothing going on yep then we go into the second cousins the most punchable face in the nhl (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to that scores at 403 in the second 
Yep. Yes, he does. And uh, it was nice. It was, I think, his fourth goal of the season, so he doesn't have many. And his last goal, if I'm not mistaken, was like November 24th. Like, it was a long time ago. But he was also out for a month on concussion protocol. Um, and, and he does go down. We get ourselves a hockey fight, but it's not much of one. Mantha bodies cuz and both get five for fighting, which I think was pretty BS because... Um, I personally think Mantha should have gotten an instigating there. Uh, Cousins clearly didn't want to fight him. No. Mantha had some inches on him. And, you know, he, I mean, he got his shots in, but not after Mantha got his first punches off. And, um, but anyway, we ended up going on a two minute power play because of a hooking call. Um, yeah, Tom Wilson scores on that power play to get the go ahead goal. The Capitals were just, you know, I don't think Ovechkin scored at all this game. Because I don't think on this power play, did he? Not 100% sure. But anywho, Capitals do what they always do on a power play. They go ahead, get the game. Then we go into the third quarter. Barky scores on our power play at 16.30. We got a tie game with three minutes and 30 seconds left in regulation. And then overtime. Who's our hero? Our hero. I mean, who could it be but Gus? It was Gus. (laughs) And I have to say, this play, I mean, so I sit on the side of the arena, and so do you, where the Panthers shoot twice. So unfortunately, when we do go to overtime, everything unfolds on the other side of the arena from us. But it was pretty great to see. Um, You have Forsling stripping the puck in our zone, uh, gets it a little bit up the boards, and uh, the Capitals player gets it back, but Bennett strips him. Grabs the puck up into the neutral zone, up into uh, the offensive zone. Forsling hauls ass up to uh, the top to get a pass from Bennett. Beautiful crisp pass. I would say that about any player, but of course it was (laughs) Bennett. And Forsling does not miss, does not... Hesitate. Even hesitate, flinch, just wrists it right into the top right Oh, my God. It was so beautiful. And then we get to hear those beautiful angel sings. <laughs> that train horn. And then... I thought you were going to say, let's go home, baby. Well, we were watching it at, uh, you know, in telecast we would, but since we were watching it live, those beautiful, uh, you know, angel horns will blast throughout the arena. And then rats fly. We love seeing those rats hit the ice. Yeah, and fun fact for anybody who didn't know this, because I found this out recently, our goal horn in our current arena, the Amaranth Bank Arena, is actually the goal horn from the old Miami Arena. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. I know. Uh, The more you know. (laughs) And also, shout out to Goldie. We love you. Always will. Uh, I personally think you're one of the best broadcasters in the game. You're here. That's just, you know, my uh, subjective opinion on that. Um, so yeah, we, we were able to scrape out an OT win and it was awesome being there in person in a, in a slow game like that. It was almost like a slow burn where you're like, ugh, kind of a, a drag of a first, even a little bit of a drag of the second third opens up a little bit and we find a way to scrape back the cardiac cats, the comeback cats. We come back from a hole to, to tie it and then to win it in overtime. I mean, very few things are sweeter in the life of a Panthers yeah. fan. Felt like my work week. <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, finished overall 2-1 and one for the week. We're currently now sitting second in the Eastern Conference, you know, for now. We don't know. So this upcoming week, we play home two in a row, one on the road, 
Tomorrow night, Tuesday, we play the Sabres. Thursday, we play the Canadians. And then we hit the road and visit uh, Lyon at uh, Detroit. That's right. Alex Lyon and Patty Kane and all of the other Red Wings up on Saturday. Trade deadline is almost almost here. Do you think, I mean, I know we talked about the fact that the Panthers aren't going to be making any shocking uh, moves to the best of our knowledge, but do we think there are going to be any shocking moves made? Yeah. Sidney Crosby (laughs) is going to be traded away. You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. He's not leaving. I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll, we'll keep our, our ears on, you know, on the ground and uh, scout the news for you guys so we can provide it to you next week. Yeah, can't wait to uh, see you right back here next Tuesday. Have a great one. Bye, guys.